0: You are listening to the iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast, episode 218, brought to you by the Emerald City Comic-Con, discount comic book service, and Draw boxes from collectiondraw.com. Hey, and welcome to the iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast, episode 218. My name is Ron Richards, and I'm here with Connor Kilpatrick. Hello. And unfortunately, Josh Flanagan.
1: Doesn't matter, dude. I'm phoning it in from here on out anyway.
0: Exactly. Uh, We are from the website iFanboy.com, where we love comic books. And every Wednesday, we run to our store, and we get all the comic books we can afford, and read as many of them as we can. And then one of us goes to the website and writes as many words as he can to write a glowing Pick of the Week review. And you can find that at iFanboy.com.
1: We love comic books. Love them. I just just like the idea that we do everything to the extreme. I I spend all the money I have and then I stay up until I keep my eyes open anymore and I just keep typing until I run
0: out of adjectives. (laughs) <laughs> so um, you're going to want to stay tuned to the end of the show because we have a ton of announcements. We've got some great, give, new giveaway winners. We've got some new stuff for you. So stay tuned to the end of the show. Don't skip it when you hear us wrap up. It's going to be worth it. Before we get to Josh's review, I want to warn remor- rem- – uh, wow. I don't, ha- I don't have a – Jesus, I'm not prepared. Don't I, want to, I, I <laughs> want to warn you that we're going to talk about what happens in the books, and we're going to spoil every detail of the comic books. Every
1: Sorry. single one.
0: <laughs> so, if you haven't read them yet, you might want to press pause, come back, and listen later, or just listen and be warned that you might find out what happens in your favorite comic book this week. Connor had the pick, right? Not Josh. And the script says me, but it's Connor's pick. So, what was it, Connor? Page one, panel one.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is. <laughs> I got lucky this week. You got um, lucky. The... Start date. It was amazing. The... <laughs> I was so start glad for the they first one.. <laughs> <laughs> The wheel went around, and, and I and ended up with Power Girl as my pick of the week, which is I've been I've been hoping I'd have a chance because I love this book, and I just never have the pick of the week the week
0: it comes out. But so so okay so so I know that you've you've been recommending this book left and right. and You're a big fan of this book, and so you're excited that it was it was you know it was your week to pick it when it came out. What if the issue was bad? Would you still have picked it? No, okay, just checking. Just, check just, in, just l- check Luckily in. that it was the best. <laughs> we to dig, this. Richards. Yeah, well, you know, I'm just trying to do it before the commenters do. So. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Um, agenda. I, you really I do spin a wheel to pick. From, <laughs> from, written by uh, Jimmy Palmiotti and uh, Justin Gray, art by Amanda Connor, It's been one of my favorite books now. For, it's been out for eight months. It's probably been my, one of my favorite books for five or six. It's really gotten good. And what I like the most, it's hard to pick what I like the most about it because there's tons of things I like about it. There's so many things that add up to a great comic experience. But one thing I really like is that it's not bogged down by anything. And I find that the more I read, the more events we have, the more everything's tied together, the more refreshing it is to read a story that just exists on its own, still within the shared universe, still with cameos, still with references, but not anything that affects it from the outside. So basically, you read Power Girl, and you don't need to read anything else. And I I like not having the weight of the world on my shoulders when I'm reading. That's one of the things about I like a lot. And the other thing is, it's just fun. It reminds me a lot of reading comics I don't want to say twenty years ago because they're totally they're different now. But it, it reminds me before everything got serious and dark and gritty and street level, and and uh, there's a lot of heavy blacks on every page. This is a big, bright comic book, and it re- it's a throwback without being hokey, and it's sort of the same vein as. Darwin Cook's work. I often compare Amanda Connor's work to Darwin Cook's work because they're both different styles, but they're both cartoony in that throwback way. They're not simplistic at all. In fact, they're very detailed, and there's a lot of emotion in, in the artwork, but it feels like an old-school comic. It, there's a lot of action and adventure and a lot of humor and a lot of character, and it's all blended together, almost better than any book I'm reading. Jimmy Palmiotti and Justin Gray write Jonah Hex, <laughs> and Jonah Hex is such a different book from this book. And if you you take these two books together, you see the what range these guys have. They don't write. I've written other stuff they've written, and everything's not this good. But they write this really well. They write Jonah Hex really well, and those are two books you can get. You couldn't get farther apart from. I think that's amazing. Power Girl is basically. I don't want to say a girl power book because that's so cliched, and it's not what this book is. She has so many stereotypes and cliches thrown on her because she's blonde, because she has big boobs, because she has this whole bunch of baggage thrown on her that she doesn't really deserve to have. And so this book is about her existing in the world on her own. She moved to New York. She's got a company. One of the subplots has been her trying to find an apartment. Like, it's there's, there's this whole world around her, not just superheroing. It's also her as a single girl in the city. She's got to deal with men hitting on her all the time. But it's not a cheesecake book in the least because she's the one always in the power position. She's never exploited. You don't see her bending over for the camera. She's not constantly finding ways to show her, her boobs and her ass at the same time. It's, it's a girl who is just trying to get by with all the crap that goes on around her. And a lot of the crap that goes on around her is big aliens and, and robots and monsters because she's a superhero. And this in this issue is the second part of a 2 parts arc that we've had in which a very swarthy Sean Connery-esque alien comes looking to mate with her because his planet is gone sterile because somebody dropped a contraceptive bomb on the city and everybody's <laughs> sterile. And he's been trying to impress her with feats of strength, and that was basically all the last issue was – him unleashing these unstoppable aliens that he was going to teleport out and make it look like he beat them, but the teleporting machine broke. So this issue, they had to actually defeat the aliens. And that was about the first four or five pages. And then after that is all of their dinner date, where he, he convinces her to just at, least, at least hear him out and go on a date with him. And it's, it's that combination of superhero action with really strong character stuff. I mean, this date is really charming. and By the end of the date, you really start to root for this guy, who in the beginning was a real bore. And I don't mean that like boring, like a B O O R. He was a chauvinistic guy. He shows up in hot pants and he's got no shirt on and he's got (laughs) a hairy chest. And he's, and he's, by the end of it, you really start to feel bad for him and you really start to root for him. And it's just, there's this, Power Girl has this amazing mix of fun, excitement, action, adventure, relationship stuff, character stuff. It's everything. Mixed all together, it's, it's, just, it's a pretty amazing amalgam of a bunch of different elements that I all enjoy, and they're all done really, really well. This is a really funny issue. This is a really exciting issue. The art is fantastic. This is about everything I want in a superhero comic book,
0: and it's really just a joy to read every month that it comes out and I, I hope more people will read it i picked up the first issue and I, it didn't stick with me for whatever reason i i, I did i love man connor's art but just i did, i forgot to get the next issue you know that sort of thing it's not a priority like it is for you but the you know benefits of me being on the west coast is that i saw the review go up before i got my books so i picked it up and i picked up this issue and you are right it, it like i haven't read a single issue since issue one and i knew exactly what was going on i was able to follow along and it was it was a lot of fun
2: yeah and they do a great job of you you don't need to have
0: read all these issues. They give yeah. you the story within the story. And they also there's a little blurb in the beginning telling you what had happened. Previously. Yeah, which I read and then I got to fine. And I got to say my favorite page of the whole thing was the badger complaining about what, what he was angry about. Yes, <laughs> that was some great dialogue. That was very funny. That was there's really some. Ve- it's a very funny book. I yeah. mean, it's it's a yeah. funny book without being a jokey book. And yeah.
2: there's, I also like the scene where they go get pizza from the old Brooklyn couple. Yep, and I, you, I almost felt like that was Jimmy and Amanda. Yeah. talking because <laughs> uh, the couple just wants to just get out of Brooklyn, and move to Florida, which is what they did. And I feel like they were just transcribing one of their conversations. But <laughs> it's also it's just a very funny book. And 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 you put it together with Amanda Connor's art. She does expressions
0: extremely well. Oh, so good.
2: I think it's 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 an incredible book. I think this is one of the best books out there. I think you'd really like it, Ron. I think this is sort of up your alley.
0: Yeah, maybe I'll get the trade and then maybe I'll catch up. I don't know. I, I did enjoy it. I did enjoy it a lot. Good Josh, point. did you read it or
1: No, no. I'm I've been, I mean the, even before he picked it, Connor had convinced me to pick up the trade when it comes out. I bought the first issue and I you know, for whatever reason I didn't really feel the need to continue. But no, I'm I'm definitely I've got my interest peaked. I don't I don't know Apparently from what I'm hearing is that Connor really likes it. if, I, if I'm not mistaken <laughs> Some of what he's been saying. No, you know, this it, is a,
2: this is honestly a book. When I see it on the list, I get excited because of, you know I'm really looking forward to reading the next next issue. And I think it's a, I think it's one of those books where everything works. All the elements work together. The art, the writing.
1: I think you made a, you make a great point about the about the range of Palmiotti and the fictional Gray. I mean, <laughs> which, they, which by
2: the way, I'd like to clarify. I made that joke again in my pick week review, and I I then somebody posted a picture of him, and I because <laughs> he, he looks like he can beat the crap
1: out of me. He probably could. <laughs> Yeah. Kidding. (laughs) He's 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 not real. (laughs) Neither is Eric Troutman, and I know him.
2: So that's It's just a rare, it's a rare thing I think where everything. It's, goes I mean,
0: it's, it's like in, like you compared, it, you know, like we've we talked about. It. It's these little books that exist on the periphery of these bi- big universes, and you're right. I mean, the same reason why I like the why I liked the uh, the dearly departed sword last week, you know, because it's just because it's not tied to anything that's going on. You can just pick it up and read it and have fun, and and I totally see the value of that.
2: So. And like you know, last issue the uh, Doctor Midnight was in. I mean, it's not like it's totally divorced. It's still yeah. in DC Universe. It's just yeah. that you don't have to worry about Blackest Night in this yeah. comic. You know, yeah. there's no Black Lanterns in here. Yeah. There's a big There's a big talking badger though. Yeah, which is awesome. <laughs> um,
1: and then was, oh, but it's it's not okay in Fables. What the hell?
2: <laughs> no, but he was funny. <laughs> I mean, it's funny and it plays with the sort of pulpier elements of superheroes. You know, there's a lot of alien invasions who come, you know, mis- misunderstandings and things. But it's done in a funny way, and, I, and there's a lot of really good character stuff. Power Girl, you get a really good sense of. She's a very appealing character in this book. I
1: just think and, I'd be more convinced if it wasn't for Connor's ambivalence. <laughs> it's like you just can't commit. Ha <laughs> 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 Yeah. So. Well the, the other the other big issue
2: this week was Joe the Barbarian number one from Vertigo. Grant Morrison, Sean Murphy. It was another one of their dollar issues. Yeah. So lots of people bought this one and I, I really liked it, but I want to know what you guys thought of it. Because I just babbled on for ten minutes. Yeah. I'm tired.
1: It's it's interesting with the Grant Morrison Vertigo book, I tend to be a little bit gun shy. Uh, I call that post filth disorder. <laughs> and and so I you know, like I was I was a little reticent to start reading it for some reason. Like I was like, I don't know, I don't wanna know if I don't like it. I found it was incredibly straightforward. Yep. for Grant Morrison,
2: and mm. also very spare. And I, I use this very
1: minim- minimal, very, yeah,
0: yeah. very. You unlike
2: know, unlike in that
0: sense.
1: Yeah. most of the way through it, I was kind of like, I was interested. It was very tonal, if we can call it that. Yeah. I, I really, really liked the art. Uh, Sean Murphy is great. I mean. I, I'm trying not to skip around it, but the elephant in the room is a really horrible review written about this, and it, I, I just like I can't help but think that that person didn't get it because there's all these uh, blank pages,
2: not blank but dialogue-free.
1: Right? Yeah. Uh, so I'm sorry, dialogue-free pages, and they're setting up a pace and a tone, and they're setting up the world, and if you. The world of this kid Joe, um, the
2: environment. They're really they're really exploring yeah. his environment, which, yeah. which you've got to believe will be important later on. And if because you, if
1: you go a little bit further and you read the little the little uh, what's it called on the ledge column, yep, John Murphy writes it and he talks about what he put in the house. Yep, and then to go back and look at how he drew the house with sort of this ugly seventies eighties decor, and that Dave Stewart did the colors on this, you know, and and even for Dave Stewart it's a little muted, which I, I assume is the point, but. You know, like the house is is like a real place. It's,
0: well, it's, it's it's a muted palette, but it doesn't. Yeah. J- it's not it's not like Dave Stewart phoned it in. Like it's a, it's a great no, no, coloring just, job. I mean, that's like not the, what I mean. Yeah, the the what art and the colors that, worked really well together.
1: I thought like it was muted, and you know that because David Stewart did it, he's doing it like that on purpose. Right, and it's just it was like a very tonal book yeah. uh, in a way that we don't really have a lot of narrative or plot yet. And by the end, I really was interested to see what happens next, what comes next. I don't know if I want to keep reading this in issues. Well, that's that's the constant Vertigo question, right? Well, uh, most of the stuff in Vertigo I do read in, but uh, but I just feel like a mini, it, yeah. yeah. Well, I just feel like this
2: might be a good book for later. But, it felt uh, very much like the beginning of Flex Mentallo in that oh, I never read. Wow, that. look at you pulling that out! Not tonally, but in in terms of structure, in that the beginning of Flex Mentallo, you didn't really know what was going on or where the story headed, yeah. and by the end, it all made sense. Now the question is you know, will this all make sense at the end? That'll be Grant Morrison's yeah. job to pull yeah, off. But yeah. I think and people, a lot of people were complaining that, that you didn't really know what was the story in the first issue, and I, I agree you didn't, but I think that's okay. That's I think point, it's yeah. okay to get to the, the end and not know exactly
1: what you were going and, to well, find out. Well, I, like, don't, I don't think most writers can get away with that, but Grant Morrison yeah. can't. It, you know, I have to give him credit for the things he's done in the past and say, well, there's, there's a pretty good chance he'll pay this off. So in the meantime, all you get is this idea of kind of about what the world is, and, and you got to take that, you know, Plus, how can
2: you fault a book that has Batman, Snake Eyes,
0: Bumblebee? Yeah, how are they get um, away with that, by the way. Well, no, I know the Batman, but the Snake Eyes and Captain Picard, and yeah, well, they're and, not really, really bad. Yeah, no, they're we'll variations. Sometimes um, now, the, the the one thing that some might work against this, and I think I'm the only one out of the three of us who read it, but there was an the indie book that came out last uh, last fall called Stuff of Legend that this <laughs> is eerily similar to.
1: Eerily. It feels like a lot of things. Well,
0: no, but no, but Stuff of Legend involved a kid and a portal to another world where all his toys came to life.
1: I will say that in terms of Grant Morrison, it did not feel terribly original.
0: Right, and so, but like that—that's—and I'm sure he didn't. I'm sure he's not ripping mm. off stuff of legend or anything like that. But it just—it's—it's kind, of, kind of like you know how when you know that, that year where two meteor movies came out one summer. Oh, sure. You know, I think it's similar that you know that. that idea but also, also we also don't know exactly true. what's happening. Exactly. So it could, exactly. it could be going off in a direction that's yeah. not at all like anything else. Yeah.
1: yeah. And stuff of legend was really pretty well received, from what I didn't read yeah. it, but
0: yeah, I, um. ha- I have the first issue. I can give it to you. Yeah. Um, it was, you know, it was good. It was, it, w- it was good. And, and the thing is, is that while it felt eerily similar, they also felt completely different. And, uh, and and I think that is 100% the art and 100% the the approach and things like
1: that. Sean Murphy, I mean, I, w- I was really impressed. Yeah, I, was, yep. I thought it was some really nice nice artwork.
2: Really good. Another, another book that everyone was talking about before I read it was Dark Avengers 13. And people were reading it saying, oh, this is the century issue. This is the issue to read. If you hate the century, if you love the century, this is the one that will really blow the doors open on the century. Yep. And I read it. And I felt like I'd read it all before. It's completely indifferent. Completely. And not only that, but he ran away screaming. No,
1: again. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. I didn't pick up on that, which uh, makes me think they've
2: got to be fucking with us at this
0: point.
1: Yeah, yeah that's. What I, I really think what it is. <laughs> I do think that's the case. I. You know what? I, I, I. still haven't made up my mind how I feel about this.
0: Yeah. Because because on the art Yeah, Diadalo well, did great. He,
1: yeah, you know what? I'm funny with with Diodato. Like sometimes I really like him, and sometimes I don't. And yeah. this one I thought he was really – he was right on. I, I thought mean, the, bla- yeah. the black Absolutely. and white pages were great. The, black the press, yeah. Beautiful, yeah. Yeah. Um
0: I had to check to see if the black and white was a different artist.
1: This was more or less a retcon, though, of the century. Again. And, like, he'd take all – I know, but whatever. It wasn't working before. If you're going to keep him around, give it another shot. Yeah. So I kind of liked that. I'd say that this was the most liked century book that I've read in a while. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, How many
0: times are they going to kill the century in a book and bring him back to life in the same I issue, though?
1: But the thing is, like, if they make him a bad guy, then I'm much yeah. more interested. Yeah, I mean, just just right off the bat, I thought there was a lot of exposition. Like the the it was a, there was a lot of talking that didn't necessarily need to be there. But that's Bendis, whatever. Yeah. Um, I think I liked it. That's that's as far as I'm going to go with it. Wow. Um, yeah, because yeah. if you. He- He's not going to go anywhere. You got to do something with him. Well
0: and then what I want to know is and then you know also Dark Wolverine came out this week and these both have the Siege banner or the Siege vertical tower or whatever you want to call that. <laughs> <laughs> um and what I want to know is like you know so so we've been we've been living in the Blackest Night world, you know, very nicely in fact there are all these side books that enhance Blackest Night if you choose to read them but they're not must reads or anything like that. And what I'm curious is that what the approach Marvel's taking with their event with Siege because like Dark Wolverine like should happen in Dark Wolverine like you know Doc and stabs Norman in Asgard during the fight.
1: Really? Yeah. That is significant.
0: Yeah, like it's a, like it's a huge like character I- turn and like it actually and there's a shot of Norman get like the claws through the ch- th- through his
1: back coming through his chest. Doesn't that happen at least once an issue of Dark Wolverine? Yeah, though? I, well, no, into Norman though. But you know,
0: and, oh, and, and it's okay. in Asgard. So like, I so like, is that going to get picked up in Siege Number Two or not? And so then, and I don't know how the Sentry fits in unless the Sentry is going to be a, a key player in Siege. It's just I'm I'm curious to see how all these yeah. puzzle pieces are going to fit together. That's all.
1: It's that is interesting. I mean, it makes me think if it happens in that book that it doesn't matter as much, you know.
0: Right? Exactly. Yeah. Like, I, like I almost didn't buy Dark Wolverine. I'm like, you know, I'm gonna, I'll, I'll buy it. You know, even though Daniel Way wrote it, I'll give it huh? a shot because I want to see what's going on with the with the event. And you know, I saw, si- you know, I'm signing up for it. So was but, it good? It was alright. It wasn't that bad. I like how he's writing Doc in kind of like a. Um, he screws with everybody. It's like kind of behind the scenes before the, the siege starts and then in, in the bat in the middle of the battle and how they make D- Dawkins slightly kind of Femi and kinda of hits on other guys, but then he's just he's screwing with them and he's got this weird he's got, pheromone thing. Yeah, and he's got this weird relationship with Bullseye or Hawkeye or whatever and, and they they're you know, they're at odds and I don't know, I mean it's not it's it's not horrible. It's not as bad as I thought it would be. But but <laughs> then but then he stabs Norman. I'm like, Alright, how's that gonna fit into this story?
1: I I'm sure it'll be a red herring.
0: Yeah, and also that they're, they're, this is the only these are the shots of like detailed battles and like mm-hmm. Nor, Norman
1: Blue and Asgardian's head off,
0: and I was like, really are they going to be that? Uh, would they be that? I guess I guess he, he's a murderer. I guess it wouldn't matter, you know.
1: I just like that you still say Asgard. <laughs> That's anyway. fantastic.
0: But so speaking of events, uh, my pick of the week, my pick of the week this week was the was the book that was the don't miss book this week after I talked to James Robinson, Blackest Night, Starman number eighty one. Wow, in really? much
1: in much the yeah. same way that Connor said he was pleased to have a, a chance to pick Power Girl that it was his week I I'm mortified that it was not my week that I could pick a Starman book for maybe the only opportunity I would ever have
0: Yeah pretty much <laughs> Well you well you might get that Shade series James said he wants some Shade It's this is it's yeah. a Starman number yeah.
1: 81 it's on the yeah. cover Elvis Costello's on the cover yeah. No not <laughs> now not only you... <laughs> it totally is Elvis Costello Oh my god <laughs> <laughs> oh, Tony! It took Harris. everything I had not to put that on Twitter and save it for the show. Oh, thank you for saving that. That's great. Um, but now,
0: while now we'll talk about the story in a second because we're all—I mean, because oh. we're all Starman fans. But you know, oh. you know, you know, a couple months ago when we coined the term "Good Chaykin, when we were talking about Good Howard Chakin. Yeah, oh, this yeah. was good Sienkiewicz.
1: Well, yeah. here's the thing. I'm reading this book, and I was like, and I and I remembered hearing you when you were talking to Robinson. He said the name of the artist, and I was like, yeah. Fernando Dagnino, because I was about halfway through. I was like, this art's great. Yeah. And I went back to look, and I was like, oh right, Sinkevich.
0: So yeah, so uh, yeah. Apparently, Dagnino, Fernando Dagnino, did the layouts, and then uh, Sinkevich did the finishes. But like, this is amazing, Sinkevich. Amazing, yeah. like the like the two page spread of the cops walking through the museum. And then, like some of the full-page kind of shots, like w- when uh, Starman, when Bla- Black Lantern and Starman grabs the rod and turns into an axe, and like there were just some uh, like breathtaking pages that I just sat and looked at. Yep, oh, it was uh, great,
1: great. It really—I have not been historically. I mean, I didn't come up when Sinkevich was doing his most important work, and right. so I hear his name a lot. But this was really for me the first time that I was like, oh, yeah. like this is really something special. Yeah, I mean, like the whole time I was just. I had this when I was reading this story and art wise. I just had this like feeling in my chest. I was like, "This is this is so good." Yeah, you know what like, the thing it is? Just...
2: It, it, it's some some guys and some properties are are just meant for each other. Yes, and, and some girls even. They sometimes write <laughs> comics too. Like I like Robinson, but this feels like Starman Robinson. Like I've only read the first omnibus four times, um, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, this, there's two more out. You know, <laughs> I have them on my to read stack. Just yeah. you know, they're so good. Like, let's not go to that story Ouch. again. Yeah. But this felt like him in that era. You know, like I read his other books and I like Superman stuff and, and Justice League and whatever. But this felt like on another level Robinson.
0: Oh, it just clicked right – it just clicked yeah. right back into place. It's like, a, yeah. like
1: the Shade's voice, yeah. it was just spot on. Yeah. Like it did not feel like – it did not feel like you'd been away a really long time and came back.
0: I'm looking at the page when they're in um, Hope's bedroom. And th- that whole conversation, by the way, where they're trying to define their relationship was just amazing. But there's that one, the one panel, their two faces at the bottom of the page, the close ups. Oh, this Kevich is just so good in this. My God. And, and just compared it with the story, uh, this is easily my pick of the week. Easily. easily yeah. Yeah. Uh, and Elvis Costello. That's crazy. <laughs> my God. What has happened oh. to Captain America? Oh, wow. What has fallen from grace?
2: Captain America 602, so we've returned to the old numbering. Uh, you know, it was okay. Like, that's, like, my whole thing on it. It's all, it's all okay now. It hasn't been more than okay since Bucky became Captain America, in my opinion.
0: Yeah. It, was I, me- it was mediocre, I thought.
1: In the same way that when we're talking about how James Robinson writes The Shade or, or whatever, like when Brubaker gets the chance to really write Bucky, I really like it. Like I, I like the voice of it. And I also like how he interacts with Sam. So I was really happy about those parts of the books. And as I was reading it, I was thinking, I want him to keep being Captain America. Like, I feel like those are stories that I want to read right now. Yeah. Instead of, which I guess is going to happen. I don't know. I read the books. I'm still not clear on what the outcome is. But then, like, it was like that quick, abrupt halt. And I think that that, for me, really affected my enjoyment of the issue was when they switched to the, the backup story. Or whatever it is that Marvel calls it, second feature. feature, the
0: second feature, yeah,
1: second feature, which is really. Did you like weak. it? I liked the first part. I couldn't get through the second part. Oh, you didn't, get,
0: you didn't like the Nomad part.
1: I didn't. Yeah. I tried to read the first yeah. two pages, and I was like, I'm bored, and I don't care. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I didn't mind the, I didn't mind the the first part at all. I, I was I was happy. I just there.
0: thought I just was reading it. I'm like I'm like so this is what we like this like I, I feel like we we went through six months for nothing of, for, exactly and like there's no point what we've we done and so like you know early in it you know you got Bucky and Nick Fury at one of Nick Fury's secret bases as Nick Fury's giving him a new arm that's not metallic that looks fleshy and you know Nick Fury's like well since you're gonna be the new Captain America you better have a normal arm and it's like all right well now we know that's done you know like it's just everything just the the delay with the Captain America reborn and then coming back to the now finally dealing with the the crazy 50s captain america is just like man <laughs> and so now we know, i mean the spoil it but you know B- bucky says it in the issue that steve and sharon carter are just hanging out in her family's estate in virginia so steve's just going to bail then at, po- at some point then oh, that's so, not going to
1: be the overall yeah
0: no well, but
2: uh, like it's just we went through this whole thing bring back yeah. steve rogers all the six issues it still did not come out finished yet and he comes back to go hang out in virginia
1: right exactly i i, I mean like maybe i don't i mean i didn't want to read any of that stuff anyway so i don't it doesn't bother me i'm like okay we're sort of back to Captain America doing. So to me, though, the thing is that this felt like one of the old Captain America issues that I used to really love when I first got into the character. Right. Where like they go to some weird place and there's weird stuff in the town and and I don't know. I liked that part a lot, so I was happy with that. I, I guess I, I wasn't really worrying about the other stuff.
0: Yeah, I don't know. Just feel it felt. I've kind of agree
2: with you. it Feels like a letdown. but well, I still don't know the point of Bucky being Captain America. Yeah, they still haven't. They still haven't illuminated me to that. Point, that the reason why, especially with Steve being alive again. All right, guys, the first convention of 2010 is coming. It's Emerald City Comic Con in Seattle, Washington. It's March 13th and 14th. Along with some great dealers to buy comics and collectibles, Emerald City Comic Con always has a ton of great guests, and this year is no different. Comic creators like Mike Allred, Brian Azzarello, Ed Brubaker, Joe Casey, Kieran Gillen, Jamie McKelvey, Jeff Johns, Alex Malieve, Terry Moore, Joe Casada, Rick Remender, Greg Rucca, Chris Samney, and that's just a sample of all the comic creators that'll be there. They've also got some awesome movie and TV stars like Leonard Nimoy, Will Wheaton, Felicia Day, and yes, Stan the Manly will be there. And now's your chance to meet him. <laughs> you can go to EmeraldCityComicCon.com. That's EmeraldCity, C O M I C O N.com. You can see lists list of all the guests, and you can buy advanced tickets. It's March 13th and 14th in Seattle. You don't want to miss it. And you really don't, because we went to it. It's, 2 years ago. It's and one of, it was one of the most, more fun cons we've ever been to. Yes, yeah,
0: what I was there last year. It's one of one of our favorite conventions and, and people people probably want to know if we're going. We don't know if we're going in or not. We're we're try, we haven't figured out our travel shit yet, but um but Emerald City Comic Con, if you're in the Seattle area, if you can get there, you don't it's so much fun. It's a great They
2: show. get a ton of great guests yeah. because it's up near Portland where a lot of comic creators live and it's just really small cons so you get you don't, you don't have like you're not overwhelmed with the size and you get a lot of access to Right. To
0: I'm
1: guessing it's Ron who wants to talk about Razzle Number Six. Yes,
0: so Razzle Number Six came out, and and, uh, for those of you who have, you know, kind of gave up on Razzle because of the the delayed schedule, whatever, you might have saw me talk to Jeff Smith a couple of weeks ago on the video show, and he says coming back bi monthly now. So I'm hoping now in 2010 we get more uh, more regular Razzle issues because if there any any indication if they're like this issue, I want more because similar to Jeff Smith's buddy Terry Moore's uh, Echo, remember how recently an Echo took that turn for the quantum physics? And got really, really deep and really kind of crazy. This – Razzle took a very similar turn where the story – it was kind of two parallel stories where we saw just a little snapshot of the main character, Razzle, stealing a, a, a painting. But um, that was trading off with basically uh, a tale of Nikola Tesla and a ton of science stuff. And it was just I, – and I – couldn't put it down. It was uh, this was probably a close second to my pick of the week because it was just really good, very noirish, very kind of shady and dark and, and the Tesla story is always fa- it's fascinating how many comics people are into Nikolai Tesla. I feel like it's almost like something that, that too many people are talking are doing. it's a meme it's the, yeah it's the, a meme it's new, yeah it's the new zombie ape.: yeah, it's Nikolai Tesla. but Razzle Six was great. It just it, and the art was great and, and it, it was just a blast to read, so I, I can't wait to I can't wait for another
1: issue in two months.. So. I'm going to read this, but not now. I'm going to wait until there's a, a bunch to read okay. because they were they were very short. Nova Thirty Three was it was a crazy ride. Did you enjoy it? I think I did. I rea- I, I put it I down. And I was like,
0: that was a lot of fun. That was a, that's a time. Don't remind me of remind me of Avengers Forever.
1: Okay, I'll give you that. Yeah, uh, it's it felt a, it felt like classic Marvel comics. Like yeah, it, exactly. It was nice because like basically like they switched. They have like the fan, you know Reed Richards is in there. Yep. And they got to use all these characters that they could not use in continuity. So they found a way, like, screw it. We'll grab them from out of time and put them in and, and off you go.
0: Yeah. So the Sphinx, Nova's arch enemy, the Sphinx has pulled him from present day, uh, Reed Richards, Black Bolt, Dark Hawk, and Namorita in the New Warriors days. And, you know, and they're in Egypt in the past. And it's like it was a classic Marvel comics, So much fun. Don't know how it ties into Realm of Kings, but I don't really care. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, it's good because I'm not reading any Realm of Kings.
0: Well, that was, was why I wanted to ask you because so Realm of Kings Inhumans, no, issue number three of five came out and that's focusing on the Inhumans. Now is they're the rulers of the Kree on Hella or Hala, whatever their planet is. So you're not, you didn't read this series at all.
1: You know what? I started to and yeah. I just completely lost interest. Yeah. And, and I decided I'm like, I'm just going to sit this one out. I'm, I'm fine with that.
0: There's a lot of politics in, Kree, in the Kree homeworld. <laughs> I don't um, like
1: them as rulers of Kree either. Yeah. Like, I want that over.
0: Well, also, I, I, was, I thought of you because Black Bolt's dead. Yeah. Yeah, so no did more Did you Black
1: notice Bolts. that Black Bolt in Nova, like, did the scream? Yeah. It's like, isn't it supposed to be a big deal you that know he does?
0: What, do? You know what's really funny is that I'm reading the Fantastic Four Omnibus Volume 2, and uh-huh. his powers, when they introduced him, nothing to do like his powers now. Awesome. His antenna was a a, a receptacle to take energy, and then that gave him the ability to flip around and have great strength. No scream, no nothing. He was just mute. That was it. Huh? Yeah. It was. So I'm I'm fat. I want now. I want to see how he evolves as a character because there's no mention of that antenna doing any, you know, doing anything. And the antenna, it it also shot things at people. It it,
1: disrespected Kirby. (laughs) God. But um,
0: (laughs) but yeah, no. But so I was just curious if you were reading because your beloved
1: Black Bolt is dead. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> I, I've heard that I, I'm just like I don't know I don't like what's going on I'll wait until they wreck on it and it's yeah. fine uh, that's totally I'm, I'm, I'm flowing with it it's totally cool yeah. Blackest Night Flash number two I, the only reason I put this on here is that I just I don't it, like on the surface it doesn't look like most people would but for some reason I love the Scott Collins art in this book it almost seems like rushed in a way which is you know sort of fitting but like it's, <laughs> but it's, it's very rough yep but I still love it. Like it's just pulsing with energy. There's something about Scott
0: Collins, Jeff Johns, and the Flash Rogues uh-huh. that that is a fantastic combination. Which which I hope they always do whenever these little events happen. Because this was I this was great. I loved it. This was I just awesome.
1: love how rough it is yeah. and how sketchy and there's all these little lines everywhere and, and not in that super rendered fashion. But it's just so loose and it, it's I just it works so good. And we get a lot of Blue Lantern Barry in this issue. Yeah, which I'm not used to. Yeah. <laughs> totally not used to. Fables number ninety two was it started off with sort of a it's a Casey at the Bat takeoff. So there's like a poem because it's a baseball game that takes place between some goblins and some other uh Fabletown people, and it was actually kind of fun. Like if you if you're used to that thing, actually, I was like, I bet Ron would like this one just a little bit, just oh, really? a little bit. Okay, yeah, Th- this has taken us away from. Um, they've been in the real world for a while, and there's the big new threat and. I haven't decided whether I'm, I'm okay with that yet or not, but I'll see how the story plays out. But they went back to Haven where um, – what's his name? I can't think of it at all. The king there, I, I really like that land, and I like when they spend time there. And this seems to be the more interesting half of the fables world right now. And so they're setting up a, like a little – I don't know, like a little murder trial or something at the end of this one. But I found this, this issue was a lot of fun, and, and David Lapham drew it actually too. Oh, Really? He drew the hell out of it. Oh, he shit. did a great issue, oh. and it, it fits in with all the other Fables stuff, and it looks really good colored. It's, right. It seems much less stiff than a lot of the work that I've seen him do before. Oh. I, I really should, if you go into the comic shop again, Ron, just take a look at some of these pages, because it really is some really great work, uh, okay. a lot better than I thought that he was, he was going to do. Okay, I will. Um, good stuff. Awesome. So there you go. Cool. Fables 92.
0: Excellent. So uh, those are some of the comics that we enjoyed this week, and if you go to ifanboy.com forward slash comics, you can see all the comics that came out, and you can do your pull list, and you can come back and rate and review them, and uh, a couple of you users out there, the ifanboy community wrote some reviews this week, so wanted to highlight a couple of them. Our first one comes from Zombox, who reviewed Cowboy Ninja Viking number three. Gave the story <laughs> a four out of five, the art a four out of five, and 3.1% of you uh, in the ifanbase made it your pick of the week at the time of this recording, and this is the entire review that Zombox wrote. Easily the best issue of the series so far. After the second issue, I soured on the concept somewhat, but the third issue brought me back home. It was funny and action-oriented throughout. Seeing the triplets' various personas interact, not only in the host's head, but with others externally, was really fun. Duncan's wife was hilarious as the sniper-chef-warrior-monk. I laughed aloud more than once as they slashed, hacked, and exploded the world around them. And I got a greed, Zombox. I didn't sour that much on the second issue, but this third issue was fantastic. Are you guys reading this, or...? No. Oh, man. This whole idea of these triplets, these multi- multiple personality uh, like assassins, gets funnier and funnier every time they introduce a new character. They introduced two new characters in this issue. And one was, like he mentioned, the main character's ex-wife, who she's part sniper, part chef, part warrior. And the other guy that they introduced was part like World War II army guy. Um, wait it gets better wait, I gotta find exactly what it is um, and Tesla, no,
1: and, no, and Tesla.
0: Part Tesla. No, he's part um, yeah, it here it is. he's part World War II army guy part demolitions expert part Amish guy <laughs> so it's like and, 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 and I love how what they do is they, they, they show the conversation inside their heads when they're arguing with each other but then also with the, the word balloons has a little icon that like so the Amish dude's word balloon has the Amish hat on top of it you know, mm. and, like, the chef has a spatula coming out of it. Like, it's hysterical. It's r- a great concept in this movie. Did this change from a mini to a song going? Is that what happened? I don't know.
2: I
1: don't know. Uh, it does not say.
0: I'm interested in checking it out when it comes out. Yeah, book. it's going It
1: really good. doesn't sound like something I want to read.
0: It's fun. It's a lot of fun. And Riley Rossmo's art is so good, I just want it in full color, though. Yeah. It's yeah. black and is white? It all well, a black it's black and white it's, it's like the color tone. Like, this one's green color tone. Like, okay. the last one was blue. You know, kind of like, kinda like uh, Parker, you know. Mm.
2: Zibix reviewed Green Lantern Corps 44 gave a story a 5 out of 5 and the art a 4 out of 5 and 1.8% of the people made this to pick of the week. And this is Zibix's entire review and he says, this is one of the best Green Lantern Corps issues of Blackest Night so far. Having Guy become a Red Lantern was genius. I'm almost surprised it has not happened before. Guy's always been on the angry side. This is a perfect fit. I'm not the biggest Guy Gardner fan but I would love to see him stay this way for a while. The way the Black Lanterns were dealt with was another great thing about this issue. Mogo officially coops me out. The art was a little hit and miss but it was mostly good. I would love to have a poster of the splash page with Guy flying at you with both red and green rings. I thought that Patrick Gleason drew the hell out of this issue. Agreed. I thought the same thing. Yeah. Um, and I thought, I thought it was good. I thought the Mogo stuff was great.
0: The, um, the, the Mogo, yeah, the, the, the whole plot development of this entire thing with, with Kyle coming back and Guy turning Red Lantern and Mogo, this is, I mean, you have to be reading Green Lantern Corps if you're into the Blackest Night as far as I'm
1: concerned. Actually, I haven't read it. Yeah. Oh, okay. And I haven't noticed it. Which I think is interesting. Interesting,
0: yeah. Well, it's still, like it I, does work. It does work. It's not a must-read, but it's enjoyable. Well, it's you definitely enjoyable. don't have to, but if it's you enjoyable. want
2: a fuller experience of this, well, this no, issue, Mogo shows up and sucks all the Black Lanterns off the planet with his gravity.
1: And well, then, in, this, in the same way that you didn't have to read it. During, I didn't read it during the Sinestro Corps War either. Sure, yeah. It's, re- it's interesting. It's a, it's a pretty neat balancing act. I liked like seeing Mogo actually do something
2: because so you never actually you just usually he's usually just in the background. Yeah, yeah Mogo was awesome. There. Mogo
0: was great. So if you go to ifanboy.com forward slash comics, you see all the comics that come out every week. And if you need to order your comics, if you need to purchase your comics, you don't have a com- comic book store in your town, or the one in your town kind of stinks, or whatever reason you like the,
1: the literally.
0: You, you like to use the postal service, you should go to discount comic book service. You can find them at dcbservice.com. They've got monthly specials up to, up to 75% off. They've got, they discount all their books, about forty percent off all the major public publishers they've got flat rate shipping of 595 on all u.s orders which is awesome because flat rate shipping that's what you way you want to go um if, you, especially if you're especially ordering tons of books you can get anything that's in previews um are available from diamond they've got over 9,000 trades paperbacks in stock you can track your orders online really is there there's no other no other way to get your comics other than dcb the dcbs uh, so go to dcbservice.com we thank them for sponsoring this episode let's do some emails sam f writes and
2: says my girlfriend is just getting into comics and she's desperate to find a monthly ongoing comic that she can pick up with me when we go to the local comic book store together it seems though that every time she picks something up it's either a limited series beats of burden or not being published anymore dc's manhunter recently she picked up miss marvel 48 and she thought she finally found the book she wanted to read only to find out that it was being canceled (laughs) with issue 50 she's the touch of death
1: (laughs) (laughs) you keep her away from my favorite books Quick, ruined, have her buy all the she... Deadpool
2: books. She wants to read something with a strong female <laughs> ma- main character besides Wonder Woman. She seems to like the more street-level or human characters. And typing this message as I realize, Batwoman might be perfect, but could you guys suggest a few more books for her to try? Oh, uh, well, I think, I think we've got one. Uh, I well, Power Girl, know. even though she's not street-level, I think would be a great choice. Batwoman, so Detective Comics is a great choice. Batgirl is a great choice. Those are three really great strong female character books from DC. Wonder Woman I don't read, but I'm assuming that one's a good one. Heard um,
1: a phrase coming back. Birds of
2: went back. Yep. Uh, there's, there's, a, there's a really good time, I think, for strong
1: female century. Isn't
0: there, isn't there a Firestar series coming from Marvel? Did I read it's
1: that? It's one-shot. That's a one-shot? I, 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 I guess it's almost – what about Spider-Woman? Yeah. I dropped it. I didn't even pick it up this week. It's a beautiful, yeah. beautiful, beautiful book. It though. is a beautiful
0: book, yeah. I, need I, to mean, go back. I meant to pick it up. Shit, I forgot it. Damn it.
2: I, yeah. th- I would also recommend you get the Marvel Divas trade. Yeah, yes, that would be good. Not what you'd think it was.
0: And, and the thing, Sam, is that, I mean, yes, it's nice to have something that she can pick up on an ongoing basis, but also, I mean, like, Beast of Burden was good, you know? Like, there's no you didn't miss out on that. She's got good taste if she's picking Manhunter and miss, people that really liked Ms. Marvel. Um, but Echo. Yeah, Echo, yeah, get Echo. Echo. Echo would be great, yeah. But, yeah, she doesn't need to get, you know, I mean, it's nice to have something
1: to subscribe to, but, you know, just discover new books, too. There's nothing wrong with that. This is um, not an ongoing, but if she's into check Preacher... Because I think Tulip is a fantastic character. And it's like – if she's not squeamish, that's really the thing.
0: And there's like nine traits of that, so that will keep you going. Yeah. It's sort
1: of like an ongoing book. Yeah. Read one issue a month.
0: All right. Um, Our next email comes from Elliot from Vallejo, California. (laughs) And Elliot says, I mainly buy comics in trade slash hardcover format and get tempted by the deluxe omnibus editions of a series that I already own. For example, the Captain America omnibus. Do any of you have the same problem? (laughs) Or do you buy the deluxe editions and sell the hardcovers?
1: Or do you keep them all and just live with the duplicates? We're and Josh,
2: Josh keeps everything.
1: <laughs> I have, I'm throwing out a ton of stuff. It's awesome. Yeah. Well, I, I wanted to bring it up because Josh is in the process of just dumping all of his comics at the moment. All of them. No, He's I, I have a, I have a new process. I used to everything be that I go. would. I would get rid of stuff that I, um, like didn't like, and I keep stuff that I kind of liked. But now I've ratcheted up to be stuff that I, even if I liked it, but I know I'm not going to go back and read it again. Yeah. Like I was like, it's going. It's like so only the stuff that. I really want. Now, at the same time, like, I have, you know, that Captain America Omnibus is a perfect example. Like, I have that book. I have the big book, and I have all the issues that come after it. I'm going to probably get the second Omnibus, and then I'll probably just dump the issues. Uh, but you so. have
2: the issues. Did you, did you keep those issues, the original Captain America
1: issues? I didn't have most of them. I actually have the trades. No, I the trades. You have the trades. You have the trades. I still have the trades. I don't know why. I guess I should give them to somebody so yes. that they can appreciate them.
0: Yeah.
1: Actually, I know why I kept them. Because we did a show on Captain America, and I wanted to make sure that I could scan from those as opposed to the hardcover. Yeah, because scanning really, those hardcovers is a pain in the that ass. That's an esoteric. <laughs> I- that, uh, that was the other reason. That was the other that's reason. A, that's a, a problem that very few comic. I think it's, it's only three. I agree. Three. <laughs>
2: it's an esoteric. There's Only issue. three fans that have that problem.
1: I was going through that. I was going through my books, and I was like, "Well, we might do a show on these, so I'll keep these, even though <laughs> I don't necessarily want them." But.
0: But I, I, I mean, our our I, problems are very specific. I, I rarely buy things in collected edition that I, in hardcover or, or trade that I have an issue because I read them and I figure I can go back and pull the issues. Really, the only things I get are are the things that are really, really good, or like things that I you know I want to have like on my shelf. You know, like that's kind of my rule. You know, like, or if it's an absolute. Okay. <laughs> or an omnibus. Or an omnibus. I really am awful, aren't I? <laughs>
1: or an essential. I, yeah. I looked over at my absolute shelf the other I only have six. I have six, which it's some of you out there, you're going, you have six. That's not only, but you've never been to Connor's place. Yeah. So, what I'm saying is, like I looked at that shelf and I was like, $600. Yeah. Like hey, a, that's not retail. You didn't buy them retail. Yeah, yeah you, you paid that. like
2: seventy-five
0: or fifty. And that. you got
1: some for gifts.
0: Yeah, you definitely got the Dark Knight one as a gift. That was definitely cool. got. I'm you back, definitely got another one of those as a gift as well. If now I that
1: I think back, I think I only actually paid for one of them, and I definitely <laughs> did pay retail.
0: <laughs> well, it's not so bad of a life now, is it?
1: <laughs> well, you know, it ain't hard being me. That's so
0: not true. I know, uh, awful. But yeah, no, it's tough. I mean, the, the thing is that, like, are there duplicates in all of our collection from our issues? Probably.
1: I checked. I only paid for one of the six.
0: Nice. Wow. Ron, how many how many versions of Star Wars do you have? Of oh, the movie, like nine. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm going back to the VHS tapes, definitely. Yeah. Oh my god, yeah. So, yeah, it's the same thing with movies. I mean, how many? Not not just Star Wars, but other movies too. I mean,
1: oh, I've, I've, mean, got, I've got at just...
0: least three copies of Clerks.
1: I'm in the Blu-ray upgrade mode. Yeah, I
0: hate I've really,
1: like, I got some more shelf space. I'm like, well, now, hold on a minute. <laughs> I, really, I really did like Master and Commander a lot. And I bet it would look pretty good in 1080p.
0: Actually, it's funny you say that, because Master Commander is, like, for audio, that's, like, the test disk that people are using now. Like, oh, the home so theater people good. now. Like, Yeah. Oh. I'm going You
1: just sold. You just sold it to me. The guy who. Excuse Josh like goes over to Amazon.com right now. Rain of Fire. I've only got this. I've been because uh, every once in a while I put a DVD in now and I'm like this is crap. I don't know how people live like this. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no, it's a, it's a problem. They keep packaging these collected editions. They'll kill you. They will. They, they'll they'll get you. Um, I just made the, the X Machina switch. Was they?
2: I was doing trades and then they put the oversized hardcovers out. So oh, yeah, now those I'm switching nice. switching through yeah, those. I got there's the, always
1: I, a new format. I got the powers. I I bought all the. Yeah, I switched to all the deluxe ones of those.
0: Yeah, you see, I hey, think it's funny. It's like I actually find myself buying less collected editions recently.
1: Well, there's only a few. Like Powers is a very important series to me. I love it, so yeah. I, I got that. Like the Starman, I had all the trades, and and I reluctantly made the switch. And oh, recently, paid
0: off. That paid off. That's oh really no, I that they're beautiful. Yeah.
1: and I've reluctantly, I've been thinking. I don't think it's going to happen, but I've been thinking about getting the Starman absolutes at some point. Not Starman, Sandman.
0: Oh, really? I think about that too, yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. Bold.
1: There's four of them. Yeah.
0: <laughs> good, good, luck, good luck finding Volume 1 at a price you can afford.
1: No, it's in stock. it's in stock.
0: Oh, it's keeping oh, oh. those in print, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. oh, yeah. They, that's smart. probably smart, yeah. All right. So um, if you have a question, you can email us at contact.ifanboy.com.
1: This episode is brought to you by – I was thinking about the stuff I want to buy. This episode is brought to you in part by Drawboxes from collectiondrawer.com. They are the strongest storage container made for comics. They can be stacked up to six high to maximize the square footage. And because they work like a drawer, every comic in your collection remains accessible by simply pulling a drawer open. Long and short drawer boxes can be combined and linked together with box locks, box anchors in any configuration to fit any space and remain secure with absolutely no tipping or slippage. And now the contents can be organized and sorted to meet the needs of any collector with every issue immediately accessible. Drawer boxes, box sort, upright dividers, and box locks, box anchors are exclusive trademarks of the collection drawer company and are available at collection Drawer.com. Make sure to mention iFanboy when ordering them. And they, they have been integral to my comic book reorganization. Nice. The I've whole got thing. stuff stacked on top of them. They're strong. It's working out for me, and I'm pretty happy about it. Nice. Congratulations. Thank you. Now I can get to the ones that are on the bottom without having to yank them out and have all the stuff that was on top crumble to the ground. Right, no worries. Your lower
2: back thanks you.
1: Yes. It, uh, well, I had to move them in there in the first place. But then after that, we're, we're cool.
0: <laughs> A couple weeks uh. All right, onto the voicemail. Uh. Uh. <laughs> Stop doing that. <laughs> <All right. laughs> our first, our first voicemail is pretty cool.
2: Hey, iFanboys, this is Jeff from Seattle, also known as Power Dad on the on the website. There, my daughter has a question. She just asked me, and I figured she should ask you guys because you may know the the uh, answer to this. So, here, Leo, let me hand it over to my daughter here.
0: What's the most popular superhero right now? Bye.
2: <laughs>
1: Bye. That has to be the most adorable voicemail we've ever received, and it's, it's at way 22 up there. seconds. Yeah, uh, yes. They were. They got to the point. It was, there was two people. Yep. She was. She was. She was better composed than many of the callers we get. Yep. and
0: Jeff. Jeff Isn't from, from Seattle's awesome. So that's cool. What's that her name? Leah. Was that her name? I don't remember. Sound like it. Hi, Leah. <laughs> if that's your name.
2: If that is your name. Call you Power Daughter. <laughs> Power Daughter. Yeah. All right. So, what's your so Power po- Daughter's question? Was the, what's the most popular superhero right now? I think it boils down to four characters, right? I mean, let's hear it. Spider Man, Wolverine, Batman, or Superman? That's got to be one of those, right?
1: Well, it, d- it depends on what you mean by popular. Yeah, because Green Lantern. Talk, and- in comics, no, no, no. it's Green Lantern. <laughs> yeah. Overall in the world, it's, it's Batman, Superman. Superman, Superman. I think, right? Yeah. Well, I
2: don't know. It's Superman's Pop- the most recognizable character. He's, he's referenced in everything. You know, I just watched Scrubs on Wednesday. He's in this, He's right, in the but, opening. But the, theme song. But
0: the difference I mean. is that he's part of the cultural lexicon, which right. doesn't necessarily equate to popularity. Like, could you say Elvis Presley is popular right now? Yes. Okay. Are you kidding? I- I'm probably Las not Las Vegas is built
2: on it I mean there's right. how many yeah, no, Elvis? I know I know there?
0: but it's not but it's not like there's a, it's, it's not Lady, Lady Gaga yeah exactly so, the that's point the is, difference yeah but yeah. the
2: point is that there's still more people who like Elvis than like Lady Gaga there's True, more right. Listen, like but, but right now man. Lady
0: Gaga whether we like it or not is popular yeah, but the point is there's
1: more
2: fans of Elvis. That's popularity. The point
0: I mean, is, is
1: made that we're – like no, we, we have found new the lows be,
0: of semantics to the argue. The point
1: is we're driving <laughs> a little girl away from comics forever right now. Yeah,
0: stay in. Stay in. So, yeah, so, I, Connor, I do agree with you that, you know, Batman, Spider-Man, Wolverine, and probably Superman. But I would also say within comics, I'd say Green Lantern has a huge rise in
1: popularity. I'm trying to think of who from the Marvel side. Deadpool. I think, I think Spider-Man is. <laughs> Deadpool. I'm not I'm not I'm not acknowledging that I think, I, I think, I think in comics I think it's, expect- it's Green Lantern. Yeah. It's yeah.
2: comics. But if you're talking about in the world most popular superhero, it's gotta be one of those other four. Yeah. I think you can probably eliminate Wolverine. Really? Yeah. Well he's off yeah. looking for his jacket.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This, um, Where did I put that? <laughs> I, I guess so
1: basically we don't agree.
0: There's a new thing. <laughs>
2: Right. Well, I, think we, I think it depends on how you define popularity. That's what yeah, goes, exactly.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm, I mean, I'm, one,
2: what, one of those four has a TV show that's on every week that gets more viewers than anything than any other comics. You know what I mean? So like Iron, Iron Man, Iron popular. Man.
0: Yeah, you're right. You, you are absolutely right. Iron Man is at a crest of popularity. But then yeah, again, the, that movie, that movie didn't do
2: nearly as much as Batman's did. So Batman sure. was Batman the most popular character because his cause I, Dark I Knight think, was the second I highest, think, third highest grossing film of all time.
1: Well, yeah. that blue dude from Avatar is the most popular superhero right now. <laughs>
0: It's
1: true. Sam Worthington, that's your answer.
0: All right. So um, on to our next voicemail. Hey, this is Jeff from Texas. I just had a thought. Um,
2: Jay Leno is the Placonian, right? Because, like, up until a couple of weeks ago, I I was always under the impression that Jay Leno was, like, the nicest motherfucker in Hollywood. Like, maybe not the funniest at all, but really nice, you know? And now he's just a dick out of nowhere. He just snaps it's pretty awesome so uh yeah that's all I got love the
0: show okay that made me laugh that was pretty funny for, for those of you who might not know he's referring to the Plutonian as the villain in Mark Wade's Irredeemable series where a popular superhero that everybody likes t- all of a sudden turns evil and kills everyone which is pretty much what Jay Leno's doing <laughs> and anyone a... outside the United States is scratching their heads and no uh, they must they
2: must
1: know at this point
2: no right? they have
0: no idea I, I, oh. I asked a couple of people in the UK and they have no clue like what no all right, idea. that's fine. Yeah. That's fair it, enough. Yeah,
2: yeah. He's well, a Jonathan right. Ross of the U.S. Yeah, exactly.
0: Right. So. Anyway, but Jonathan Ross is cool and reads and writes and then, comics. And, and, we, and <laughs> then
1: Russell Brand called the granddaughter from the <laughs> – <laughs> see, I'm hip. Manuel. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, all right, if you have any questions for us, you can call us. Leave a voicemail at 1-888-FANBOYS. It's 1-888-326-2697.
2: Last week we told you the Battle Pug shirts came in. We sent them out, and I think – I'm not officially sure, but I think we have about 30 shirts left. Jesus, we blew out of whole Out of that whole Where's initial it? order. So Where's mine?
0: It's sitting here behind me. I've, worn, I've pre-worn it for you. I, well, there's nothing better than seeing it crop up on Twitter, people going, yeah, my Battle Pug shirt got here, and people taking pictures of it. That's yeah. awesome. Keep doing that. And i got to give a heads up or a pat on the back to Paul Montgomery, our staff writer, who
1: called out that it smells of fresh Connor Kilpatrick sweat. Well, I
2: guarantee I'd pre-wear every shirt
1: before it went exactly. Out. <laughs> and he, he, he's, he takes a, at least a jog around the block. Yeah. I do I do we fit in it. <laughs> he, does, he just basically he does something that exerts some sort of moisture. I put the, the grill small on.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Fat man, little shirt. Come <laughs> to my nipples, basically. Oh, what man. are all these black hairs on my shirt? Oh, that's <laughs> love. Man. No, we're <laughs> kidding. All the Battleplug shirts are sanitary. So, yeah. so if you are thinking about getting one, hurry up and do it soon. There's only about 30
0: left. And I don't know if we'll do more, but, you know, don't wait. Don't yeah. wait, look at the Harm shirts. Exactly.
2: We love t-shirts, Ron, don't we?
0: Yeah, and so we're excited to announce that we told you the Mike Norton Battle Pug shirt was the first in a line of iFanboy Creator original shirts. Well, we are excited to announce the second one is now available for pre-order in the iFanboy store. Finally, the screams and requests of fans all around the world have been answered. We teamed up with Rick Remender and Jerome Opinion to bring you the only Fear Agent t-shirt ever made. So now you can get, uh, go to ifanboy.com slash store and you can pre order your Fear Agent t shirt. It's an awesome black t shirt with a never before printed Jerome Pena drawing uh, of Heath Houston, our favorite Fear Agent. And it's going to be 20 bucks in the iFanboy store, just like the Battle Pug shirt was. Um, we'll be taking pre orders and, and then they'll be going to print in February. So definitely get your order in, get, get one while you can
1: because we're going to do a limited run on this. So be sure to order yours today. That's pretty sweet. Yeah. Hey, I haven't had a chance to listen to this, I'll be honest, but I'm so jealous that I didn't get to be on uh, this last explode that you and Paul did with Scott Alley. Scott Alley is the editor for for Dark Horse Comics with all sorts of wonderful titles under his collective grasp like uh, Hellboy and and, uh, all the Buffy titles and... Uh, Umbrella Academy. Yeah. Wow,
0: and I got I gotta admit, and and I hope you, uh, Josh, I hope you do listen to it because we Course. we talked a lot about what being an editor does and what that's you know like some of the mysteries around editorial because that's a role that I don't think everybody quite understands exactly what they do. And Scott talked a lot about writing because he writes Solomon Kane and his his own graphic novel book Exerbia, and then he dropped a lot of cool stuff about Hellboy and Buffy and stuff like that. So if you're fans of those books, you want to listen to it. It was one of the it was one of my favorite talks I we've done in a while. It was really good. Scott's a great guy. So You can
2: find that show behind this one on the feed If you're listening
0: on iTunes or some other aggregator You'll see it behind the show Or it's on ifanboy.com
1: And then of course, don't miss, don't miss Uh, That is the Monday show Where we talk to a creator about a book that's going to be coming out That Wednesday It took a little hiatus, it's back And this week coming up uh, Well this last week was James Robinson Which by the way, Ron, I'm telling you this is not a bias. That was great. Oh, I loved you. listening to that. It helped me enjoy the issue more when it came out. Yep. That was all uh, James. It, was, it wasn't
0: me. It was all James Robinson. I, well, I,
1: well yeah. listen. I'm not yeah. talking to him anymore. I think we've learned that it. lesson. <laughs> it's fine.
0: Uh,
1: the magic is just not there. Yeah. This week, uh, we are talking to Christos Gage and Mike Costa because G.I. Joe Cobra number two, number mm. one. Volume two, number one. That's what I meant to say is coming out, and none of us are going to be on it.
0: no, We are welcoming a new member to the team.
1: Somebody else you may be slightly familiar with will be performing that. Yes. So we'll leave that. That'll be a special surprise, but I think uh, a lot of fans will dig that. (laughs) And finally, uh, we had a contest... A little ways back to give away a bunch of copies of a book called Malice from Scholastic. And the winners, the books have been sent. By the time you listen to this, you'll probably already have them, if not a day or two later. Uh, Rob Blackley, Dustin Simo, Donald Meyer, and Jenny Church, you've all got books coming your way. Thank you very much for being members. We're going to have more contests. Yes,
0: and if you go to ifanboy.com slash store, you can sign up for a membership, and February is going to be a big giveaway month, so stay tuned.
2: Yeah, we're doing another giveaway month of February, which means every show in February will feature a big membership giveaway. So if you're a member, or be you'll be eligible, and if you want to be eligible, become a member. You can find out about that at ifanboy.com slash store.
0: Yes.
1: So if you're hanging out and you're going to iFanboy anyway, make sure you check out the Pick of the Week review, the one that Connor wrote this week, and then all the articles and and discussions and stuff going on, the comic section where you can talk about any single book that comes out in a week. Always a lot of fun. I think Mike Romo killed it this week. Totally, yes. If I may say so, it was a fantastic article about aging and comics. Just some of the kind of stuff that you can only get at iFanboy. And uh, while you're there, go to iFanboy.com slash about. You can see all about the writers who are there, about us, uh, and learn other ways to hook up with us on the web. And also there's a video show. Yes, there we, is. Last week we did the Ultimate Spider Man where we talked about the ten years wow of uh Bendis' Marvel Did you guys rewatch that show? No. We, were, we were goofy in that show. We were goofy. We're, yeah, I did say everyone was like, that show was good.
2: Yeah. <laughs> and we, were, we were loose in that show. And
0: also, I do have to pat ourselves on the back for being omni- omniscient to know to put out that episode the same week that the reboot, uh, the movie yeah, got no. announced. Yeah, that was, well, good timing on us. So good job. Yeah, totally <laughs> it's do that almost as now. if we knew something.
2: Hmm. almost as if my real name is mark webb <laughs> see you guys i
0: gotta go direct a movie
1: Ooh, you got that small indie comedy money coming in huh <laughs> uh next week we are gonna tackle wildstorm which is something we've oddly never done so we're gonna talk about the wildstorm universe and some of the great books from the past and the great books going on now yeah i hope there's a wildstorm movie announcement next week <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, grifter
2: <laughs> you can over- send us an email, contact at ifanboy.com. Call us and leave us a voicemail at 888-FANBOYS-326-2697. You can have your kid do it or uh, your girlfriend, your wife, your mother, your husband, your boyfriend. Anyone can call us and leave us a voicemail message.
0: We accept it from anyone. So yeah.
2: That's what I hear.
0: And <laughs> um, finally, if you like what we do, if you like what you hear – Tell some folks. Tell your friends. If, you listen, um, if you, your friends like comics they don't listen to podcasts, tell them about this nifty thing that you discovered in 2006 called Podcasts and that you've been listening to for the past four years. <laughs> um, or you could also do the next best thing and go into iTunes and leave a review. Um, now listen, th- this podcast has lots of reviews. We thank everybody. But we've got the Don't Miss podcast out there that's only got seven reviews. Seven of them. So um kinda weak. So, it's kind of weak. It's kinda weak. The average rating is five stars though. So um kind of strong. Kind of <laughs> strong. So get in, get in and write some reviews of the iFanboy. Don't miss comic book podcast. It's in iTunes, or so search for iFanboy. Subscribe to it while you're there. You know, we're talking to a different creator every week on that show. So if you're not subscribed to that, you're gonna be missing out. That's, I think that's about it, Woo. actually. I ran I, just, I ran out of words. So I feel just like that was a a lot of show. <laughs> it was a lot of show. It was good though. I don't um, think I phoned it in. I don't think you phoned it in either. Frig, you're, next you're, week. You're really, putting in, gonna, you're really putting in your best work before we lay you off. <laughs> this joke is getting
1: less funny every time. No, it's not. Why did I get this paperwork addressed to Tom Cater's? I, I don't think this is sent to oh, the right place. Listen about that. <laughs> <So> <laughs> All right, then. It's oddly silent. <laughs> I'm sure the Don't Miss show coming up will assuage my fears.
0: Yeah, that, that will take care of it. Yeah, so. All right, so until next week, I am Ron. I'm Connor.
1: All right, I'm Josh and I'm trying real hard. For now. Are you quite certain, love? 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 Quite certain love? I expected, like, like a kid who is unintelligible and didn't want to do it. Yeah. Oh, she was. Yeah. She was scripted. She was practiced. She was poised. Yep. Maybe she wants to do the show. <laughs> maybe she's not can, leaving. <laughs> uh-uh.
0: <laughs> Instead of me.